Ladies and gentlemen, <whistles> ladies and gentlemen, Ladies and gentlemen, if I could have your attention, please, for one small moment. I would not keep you for long from talking, drinking, making merry. But I do want to introduce you and welcome you to American Penn Center. My name is Kirkpatrick Sale. I am the treasurer of this organization. And one of the privileges of being treasurer is to welcome in the new members. And it is indeed a distinct pleasure to have so many new members joining our organization. It means, if my calculations are correct, $5,850 more in the pen coffers this year than last year. Uh, that's very valuable to us. You have to understand that for the support of Penn, you people are all vitally necessary. 35% of our budget, of our general budget, comes from the membership. This is a, a, a tribute to the starving, fledgling, desperate writers of America. The other monies come in part from government sources, something like 30%, and from uh, foundation and corporate sources, again, something like 30%. But the bulk of what Penn does happens because of Penn members. So that's, uh, but no, that's not why I want to uh, welcome you here. Uh, even though I have to tell you that uh, we do have a, something of a deficit. Uh, I've been practicing as treasurer deficit spending on the model of Ronald Reagan in a patriotic fashion. Uh, however, it has meant that there is less in the coffers than, uh, than anyone had expected. Uh, this new office, for example, uh, represents a considerable investment on our part. Uh, the staff that we have, uh, which is uh, paid uh, at high church mouse salaries uh, represents some other of our expenses. And I would like, uh, with that, to introduce you to the staff that is here tonight. Now, let's see. Pamela Pierce is the, is the uh, publicity uh, and uh, everything else uh, factotum. Jane Yeoman, uh, appropriately named Jane, is she here? Uh, Jane is in charge of the Congress that we will be holding, the International Pen Congress that we will be holding next January. Hal Marcus is working with her on that. Hal, are you around and about? Uh, 
Philip Bala, uh, who, uh, whose chief task is to stand over my left shoulder and <laughs> encourage me, uh, is in charge of uh, freedom to write and anything else that rolls along uh, the floor in his direction. And uh, in charge of all of us, in all of that, is Karen Kennerly. Karen? Who uh, I, I hope you will all get to know and to love as much as those of us who know her. But it isn't really to make up the deficit known that, that I welcome you here tonight. Uh, that, that's not true. Or to pay the salaries of, of this wonderful staff. Uh, but to invite you to be not merely members but participants in the PEN experience. I want you to think about that seriously because there's many ways you could be on the budget committee, for example, and go over the dreary losses that we suffer month by month. You could do that, uh, providing, of course, you were uh, a good fundraiser. There, but there are a variety of pen committees that uh, could use new blood, fresh insights, and, and your resources. And we welcome you for that purpose, chiefly. We have, as I mentioned, a Congress an international congress. It shall be a stellar event this next January. And you could be useful in participating in that. Because Penn provides these occasions, these special occasions, which are islands in the sea of madness around us. And indeed, I want you to think of Penn as being exactly that. Because when you look up in your Random House dictionary, and you will find Penn listed, this pen, our pen, your pen, listed in the Random House Dictionary between uh, Frimphagus, a debilitating and fatal disease, and penal, as in punishment. And between those two stands pen. Welcome. You know, I, I think that there's uh, something about being a literary official that makes you cranky because Kirkpatrick Sales is a talented writer and a talented poet, but whenever he talks to me, because he's the treasurer, he scolds me, <laughs> just as he scolded all of you. You know, now, actually, I think Kirk feels if he doesn't concentrate on this all the time and think about nothing but money, he will never think of money. He will just get drunk like the rest of us. At any rate, at any rate, <laughs> is it working? <laughs> at any rate, I, I've always felt that you never do anything unless you've got a good motive and a bad motive. So we invited you to be members because we had a good motive and a bad motive. Our good motive is that we wanted to swell our ranks with people that we consider talented, at least by the honest democratic measure of Penn, which is that you have two published works of good and sizable value, and a committee does pass on them. Or if you have less than two good works, you've done other sorts of good literary works. In any event, it's not automatic to become a member of Penn. And that part's fine. You know, you're fairly good, presumably, if you become a member. And the other part is we do want to use you. 
In other words, we have a good motive and a bad one. But I'd like to emphasize, since the treasurer has told you all the rotten reasons that we have you here, uh, which is to get a few more of your hard-earned dollars, I'd like to give you a couple of the good ones, which is that we probably are in uh, some subtle fashion becoming an endangered species. Uh, and there's a real chance that all but the uh, most eccentric of us will disappear into uh, computer disks in uh, another 50 years. And it may be that we're going to resist this, that a certain collegiality is uh, incumbent on us. It might be nice if we uh, eventually become a strong enough group in New York so that we have our own clubhouse, that we have a place where we can go and get drunk, where we can bring friends, where we can think and live in a literary community. People are always asking me, why did you take the presidency of Penn? And of course, uh, I have quips for answers, but I think one reason, apart from the uh, uh, less noble and honorable reasons, is it did occur to me over the years that there's very little literary community. We have surprisingly little, and uh, there often is more out in just the outposts of America and the provinces of America. I'm going to North Dakota tomorrow, and I'm sure the people out there talk about books and think about books and live with books if they want to be writers much more than we do. And part of the reason is that because New York is the center, there is a tendency to have a great deal of backbiting and envy. But I've found over the years I've withdrawn more and more and more from the literary community because I felt not only was it fed up with me, but I was fed up with them. That finally there was very little uh, just simple humanity in our community. I once said bitterly, uh, our professional relations are worse than those between dentists. <laughs> it seems to me now, however, with television taking over and uh, the specter of musical f comedy fascism on America's doorstep, <laughs> that writers may be not only a vanguard, but a rearguard against the uh, worst depredations, and I speak politically, of the right, which doesn't mean that I don't welcome right-wing writers here, although we find from experience that few do join. <laughs> <laughs> But they're welcome. I love talking to conservatives. Some of the best conversations I've had in my life have been talking to conservatives. I, and I whisper this, am a left conservative. <laughs> but at any rate, it does seem to me that the time may have come where it won't do any harm if we do have some small but vigorous sense of community here in New York as writers. And so I not only welcome you, but I think, and I'm one of the world's great pessimists, but I think there's a chance that things are going to become more lively in the next few years. Not only in New York, and not only in the literary community in New York, but in the literary community of America. And as part of that, we're going to know a lot more by next year. We are going to have the 48th World Congress in New York next January, which means that a great many American and foreign writers are going to meet and talk. And um, before it's all over, we may have some very exciting roundtables. There'll be a great deal of discussion. Uh, who knows what will come out of it? I just think it's time, perhaps, that the writers of the world, after we became writers, finally, to tell the world how to live. Uh, <laughs> I think it's time that the writers of the world began to um, 
uh, achieve for themselves some of that status that's usually reserved very quickly and instinctively from adolescence on by future politicians and generals. So um, we will look for our uh, modest but firm piece of the pie, do what you will with that metaphor, and God bless you and glad you're aboard. Hello. <laughs>